Do you know what makes a really big difference on us? New. New makes a big difference on us. Have you ever noticed this? It's funny how new affects us, isn't it? We treat something one way when it's like two or three years old, but when it's brand new, we really pay special attention. We have special rules around something when it's new. Think about it. Have you ever had a new car or a new truck? Last year, I got a new truck, or at least it's new to me. And it had that, you know, that new truck smell, that new truck feel. And I'm like, I'd prefer if you didn't sit in my new truck. And, you know, I'm sure you're wondering, well, how's that going to work? You know, well, you, you take your shoes off before you get into my new truck. You, at least you, you're careful when you get into my new truck. There's definitely no eating when you get into the new truck. There's no eating at all. And then about a year goes by, maybe even less, maybe six months. You know, if you've got kids, you're trying to keep them corralled in the back seat, And eventually there's like a buffet going on back there. Anything to kind of keep the noise down. It's interesting. We treat things differently when we know that they're new. But then after a couple of years, when the new smell is kind of worn off, when the new feel has worn off, when, when, when it doesn't feel new anymore, it stops making a difference, doesn't it? This is what we've been talking about over the last few weeks in this series. We've asked this question from the very beginning, what difference does it make? And if we conclude that if it doesn't really make any difference, we become indifferent towards it. We forget about it. We, we cancel the subscription. We, we stop the service. We delete the app. We quit the diet or the gym. If it doesn't make any difference, we become indifferent towards it. And the opposite is true as well. If it does make a big difference in our lives, if it impacts us in some way, if it makes life easier, if it, if it saves us time, if it lowers our stress level, if it helps our relationships, well, then we continue doing those things. And, and not only do we continue to do those things, we become like raving fans of those things, don't we? It's as if we become like a sales rep for these products or services without ever getting paid for them. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? We have one, uh, one example of this in our family. It started at the end of last year, and over the last few months, it has really kind of paid off big time. Uh, online grocery pickup. Have you done this yet? Maybe you've taken advantage of that as well. We started using online grocery pickup, and it's amazing. With our three little girls and having not to take them into a large store like Walmart, it's like, this is amazing. I would pay for this service, but the service is free. And not only do we continue to use it, but because it's made such a big difference on us, we've become raving fans of it. Anytime we're talking to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we got to go to the grocery store on, the, on our way home. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You actually still go to the grocery store? We tell them, haven't you ever heard of, of online grocery pickup? It's absolutely amazing. You need to start using that. When things make a big difference in our lives, we keep doing them and we stay engaged with them and we stay connected and we become raving fans of them. So continually, we, we're asking this question, what difference does it make? And most of the time, most of the time, this is a good thing. This internal evaluator that we have on the inside of us that is constantly measuring this is, is, you know, is this adding value to my life? Is it saving me time? Is it moving me forward? Oftentimes it keeps us from wasting time. It keeps us from wasting money. It keeps us, from, keeps us from wasting resources. It helps us make the most of life. But there are times when we can get it wrong. When we can assume that it doesn't make any difference at all. When, when in reality, it actually makes a big difference. But we just can't see it yet. Exercise and eating are this way, aren't they? These are two things, you know, we know over and over again, the research has shown if you exercise and you eat well, you're going to live longer and you're going to have a better life. Doctors are constantly telling us this. Every time I go to my doctor, he says, how's your diet? How's your exercise? I'm like, well, you know, doc, it could be better. You know, you, you need to change that. It's like, yeah, I know, I, I know. But really, like, like, what's the problem, right? The problem is we look at exercise and we're like, okay, we don't, we don't really see much of a difference here. 
even after months of doing it, it's like, I, I don't feel that different. I don't, I don't look that different. And so then we have this opportunity to compare exercise or sitting down and watching Netflix. And it's like, I know the difference that's going to make. I'm going to feel a lot better 30 minutes into this show that I've been binging. I, I can see the difference that that's going to make. So we choose one over the other. But sometimes it takes some time to see difference. It takes some time to see that the difference that these things will make in our lives. Here's the thing. The same is true of our faith. And as we have gone through this series, we've talked about how we ask the same question. What's the difference? Or what difference does it make when it comes to our faith? And all of us can get to a place in our life where we assume that being a follower of Jesus makes no difference, or maybe it makes very little difference to us. If you're not a Christian today, you may, this may be the reason why you kind of walked away from church earlier in your life, or this may be, be the reason why you've kind of kept the church and their faith at arm's length your entire life. It's because you knew some people that, you know, they may have been close to you. Maybe they were family. Maybe they were really good friends. They called themselves Christian, and they were in church every time the door opened. And you watched their lives, and you were like, I don't see any difference at all. In fact, these people are more judgmental. They're, they're more hypocritical. They're more self-religious than they were before. I don't see any difference. And so we become indifferent towards it. We move away from them. For Christians, we can assume this as well. You know, we don't necessarily lose faith entirely. We don't kind of walk away from the church entirely. But we've had seasons, you know, in our faith journey where we've drifted away from God, where we've kind of stalled in our faith, where we've gotten stuck in our relationship with God. And oftentimes it's because we've assumed that following Jesus doesn't make much of a difference at all, or it's not at least making much of a difference in my life. But here's the deal, and this is the point of this whole series. Nothing can be further from the truth. You see, but life is still challenging. You may say, you know, when I'm a single adult and I'm kind of stuck in my life and I'm not sure what's next for me. And I don't know if I'll ever find the right one. Maybe I'm married and my marriage is challenging. I've got kids and, you know, kids are challenging. Our financial world is a mess. And so what's the difference that faith and, and following Jesus is going to make in my life? You see, we miss out on what the Apostle John talked about. John, who walked with Jesus and lived with Jesus for years, he later documents Jesus' life. And he's writing all of this down for the early church. He, he says this in, in one of his Gospels. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever has Jesus has life, but whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. John's like, look, I, I don't really know how else to describe this, but I walked with him and I saw him die on a cross and I saw him resurrected. And all I can say is Jesus makes all the difference. Still, we can read this and we can hear preachers talk about this and we can read this in books. We can still get to a place where we're kind of going, yeah, but it doesn't feel like life. I feel worn out. I feel frustrated with life. I'm stuck. I'm confused and I'm tired. I thought you said I'd have life. Last week, we looked at this letter that, that Paul, the apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, not your old stuff, your old self, your habits, your emotions, your beliefs, th those behaviors, those lifestyles that don't line up with what God kind of intended for us. Paul was saying, look, those are, are, are the old you. You know, once you put faith or you put your faith in Jesus, you, that no longer defines you, right? That, that, those old things, you, you've, you've got to put them off. You've got to get rid of it. And God empowers us and he leads us to do that. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Your old self is rotting. It's being destroyed. It's in the process of being spoiled. And so the longer we wear it, the more it destroys us and spoils our lives. 
That's why Paul's saying, look, you got to put it off. Put it off. And then he says this. I, I, I love this. Put off your old self and then be made new in the attitude of your minds. You need to change the way you think about yourself. Your perspective change is hugely important in this process. You got to see things differently to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. When we put our faith in Jesus, something changes. It makes a difference in our lives. And in the same way that we have, have an old self that no longer describes us, it no longer defines us, and we no longer identify that way, we also have a new self. There, there is a new creation, a new you in Jesus. And Paul's saying, look, you've got to put on the new self. It's the same thing we talked about last week, that we put off the old self, we lay it aside. It's that, that language that people would use in the first century where they talk about like getting dressed every day. You, you kind of take off, you put off the old self, you lay it aside, and then you pick up and you put on the new self that is already true of you because you've put your faith in Jesus. Paul continues, put on the new self, which is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This new you, this new creation is like God. It's righteous and it's holy. And these words, righteousness and holiness, they can feel a little churchy sometimes, can't they? But essentially what it means, righteousness, simply means upright living or right living or just living. And holiness means set apart. It's uncommon. It's different. And he's saying, look, this is, this is the new self that you have in Jesus. It's not like the old. And while this is true of us, this has already happened to us when we put our faith in him. We now have an old self and we have a new self. And even though it's true that, that this is what uh, defines us, this new self, there is still something we need to do with it. In another one of his letters, he writes this to the Colossians. Paul says this, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Don't lie, because that's what your old self would do. right? That's no longer you. That's before you met Jesus. And you had, he had changed your life now. Since you've taken off your old practices, your old self, do away with it. And put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Like the old self is being completely corrupted, the new self is in the process of being renewed, continually being made new. It, it never gets old. Like, like, like other things in our life, it doesn't lose its luster. Its newness never wears off. It's being made new again and again and again in the image of its creator. It's like God. It's like our heavenly father. He continues here in the new self. When, when, we've, when we've put on our new self with our faith in Jesus, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slithian, slave or free, but all are in Christ and Christ is in all. Paul's listing off all these old ways we would have described or defined ourselves. These are things that people were kind of born into, right? You had Jewish people, and if you weren't Jewish in the first century, they considered you a Gentile. There was a lot of animosity between these two groups of people. There's circumcision, which I'm not explaining that. There's a barbarian, which was a certain lifestyle, and Scythian, which was, you know, kind of the worst type of barbarian. There was slave and free. And Paul's saying, look, look, all of these things, all of these descriptors, all the way you used to define yourself, that's no longer you. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your faith in him, this is how you define yourself. This is ultimately your identity. Christ is all and is in all. Nothing compares to the reality of Christ in you. If you put your faith in him, that defines you more than anything else. If you've been around church or Christianity very often, you've probably heard the phrase born again. And for those that are outside the church, it can be a little bit of, a, of an irritating or kind of a, a confusing phrase, can it? 
even for those of us who are inside the church, who've been Christians a long time, we can sometimes think it's a little bit of a weird phrase and not know what it means. But essentially, Jesus, John, Peter, they all talk about this. They use this phrase, this idea of being born again. And essentially, this is what it means. Paul's saying, look, you were born a Gentile. You were born a Jew. You were born free. You were born a slave. But when you put your faith in Jesus, it's as if you've been kind of born again. The new life has new descriptions. It has a new identity. There's something new that defines you. Paul continues, Therefore, in light of being a new creation, in light of being born again, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. It's that same idea of putting something off and putting something on. Clothe yourself with, with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Your new self in Jesus, your new identity is made up of these things. But there's still a role we can play as we follow him. We've got to be intentional to put on these things as we fix our eyes and we pursue him with our lives. As we try to take steps that, that, that he kind of encourages us to take as he leads us along to clothe ourselves in these things. In moments of life where, where you lack compassion, following Jesus will lead you to more quickly and more often and more fully be compassionate. In relationships and situations where kindness is lacking, following Jesus will lead you to kindness more quickly and more fully and more often. In moments where you're tempted to be prideful, where you're tempted to, to take credit for something, or you see what, what everyone else is doing in their office or what people are, are doing on social media, and you're kind of tempted, oh yeah, I, I kind of just want to throw my name out there, and, and I've got an opportunity here to make myself look good. And pride begins to bubble up through following Jesus, through, through, through following his leading, he leads us to humility more quickly and more often and more fully. The same thing is said with gentleness and patience. As we follow him, he shows us areas in our lives where we are lacking these things. And then he empowers us to put these things on and to clothe ourselves in this new self that he has given us. And so when it comes to the question, what's the difference? One of the biggest differences that, that faith that Jesus makes in our lives is that following Jesus leads to a new you. Following Jesus leads to a new me. We put our faith in Jesus and what defines us changes in that moment. And then we continue to follow him. And as we follow him, he will empower us and he will motivate us to begin to put on this, this new self, this new behavior, those new attitudes and emotions, those new beliefs, the way we view the world, the way we treat people, the way we handle finances, what we do with our time. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are immediately changed. But the journey isn't over. Then as we continue to grow in our relationship with him, we put these things on and, and, and that's a journey that, that never really finishes here on earth. We continue to clothe ourselves with them over and over and over. And even if you've been following Jesus for decades, you go along through life and you kind of bump into something and, and you go, yeah, th there's an area where I need more compassion. There's, there's an area where I may need more humility. I've got to clothe myself in this. We don't know it when we first kind of put our faith in him. We don't feel it right away. We don't, we don't feel holy and dearly loved. We feel really used to, to the life that we used to live. But Paul is very clear. Something has changed about you. And if you can change your mind and begin to believe that and continue to follow Jesus, you're going to walk more and more into that new identity that he has given you. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, something changes inside of us. We may not see all that has changed yet, but all things have changed. We got a lot of history and experience living on our old ways. But the moment we kind of put our faith in him, those things become old to us. 
They no longer define us. Our identity is found in Jesus and in his righteousness and in his holiness. Our lives are still far from perfect. We don't necessarily know how to walk in this new identity, but we begin to change our minds. We begin to see God or see the world the way that God sees it. We, we fix our eyes on Jesus. We follow him as he leads us and as he empowers us. And he'll lead us forward into this new you, into this new me. He gives us practical steps that we can take to grow and to change into these new clothes, our new identity. And we follow his steps. We become more and more like God created us to be. If you're not a Christian, I want you to know that's the offer. New life in Jesus, forgiveness and redemption in him, a new identity. You can say so long to those things that, that, that used to define you. That's the offer. New life through what Jesus purchased for you for, for, and for me when he died on the cross for our sins and rose again three days later. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. If you've never put your faith in him, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today, right now. Maybe even following him for a while now. Maybe you've been attending you know, from, um, while you're at home or you've been joining us online. You've been asking questions. You've been curious. You've been reading your Bible. You've been trying to follow him, but you've never made it official. You've never put your faith in him. I want to invite you today to do just that. For some of us, we see these words like compassion, kindness, and humility, gentleness, and patience. And it's like, I don't know if I really relate to those words. I'm a go-getter. I like to, to get things done, right? Those are kind of passive words to me. They seem a little reactive. If you're thinking that today, I just want you to know that, that there was nothing passive. There was nothing reactive about how Jesus suffered on our behalf. You say, oh, those words, they seem kind of soft to me. There was nothing soft about Jesus hanging on a Roman cross to pay for our sins. The greatest show of compassion in the history of the world was Jesus hanging on a cross for you and for me. The greatest show of humility wasn't anything soft. Jesus was in the very nature of God, but he didn't consider equality with God, something to be held onto. He made himself nothing. He humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross. If you're already a Christian, if you say, yeah, I put my faith in him months ago or, or years ago, maybe you just need to be reminded today of, of what was suffered on your behalf. Maybe you're at a place in your faith journey where you just feel kind of stuck and you're kind of stalled out and, and you've not been engaging and you've not been experiencing that, that difference. And maybe today you need to be reminded of what it feels like to be made new. You need to be reminded that you were made new when you put your faith in him. So I'm going to pray for us. And as I do, I want to invite those that are here that, that want to put their faith in Jesus to repeat a prayer. There's nothing magical about these words. There's nothing special about these words. But what really makes the difference is the attitude of your heart and coming to your heavenly father and receiving the gift that he has offered to you through his son. So let's pray together. And if you want to put your faith in Jesus today, I want to give you the opportunity to do just that, to pray these words or something similar in your heart. Heavenly father, I realize that my life is not perfect. In fact, my life is far from perfect. In some ways, I, I realize today that, that I could try on my own to be a better person, to, to get my act together, but, but I, I could try the rest of my life and never fully succeed. God, I need your help today. Thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus that you sent him on my behalf to die on a cross for me and that I could, I could never live the life that he lived for me. Thank you, God, for, for finding me and for providing me this new life. Thank you, God, for, for providing me something new, for taking away the old, for allowing me to take it off, God, to, to put it aside and to put on this new. 
Today, Lord, I put my faith in you. Today, I, I do away with the old. And I take on the new identity that you have given me through your son, Jesus. And in his name I pray. Amen. I love you. If you've made that decision for the very first time, you've just made the best decision of your life. If you've made that decision again because you, you felt kind of stalled and stagnant and, and like your faith wasn't going anywhere, or maybe you got to a place where you would say your faith didn't make a difference, but today you said that prayer. You just made the greatest decision in your life. God has provided all things for you to be new. You may not see it yet. You may not feel it yet, but keep your eyes focused on him. Follow Jesus. Put off the old. Keep on the new and experience that new life Jesus provided. Journey Church, I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. I, I want to invite you to do something special for me. Next week, I I'm doing a special one-part message that's going to talk a little bit about why we made the decision to open when we did, why we took so long to open. As I know some of you have felt we should have opened sooner. Why didn't, why did we wait so long? I want to explain that next week and a little bit about what's happening in our, in our culture, in our society, and, and where we stand as a church on that and, and why we feel now's the time to, to open our doors and continue to have in-person services. If you want to know what those in-person services look like, join me here next week for a message called Not In It to Win It. I'd be so happy if you did. I can't wait to see you guys on the 13th. We're getting things ready. We're beginning to, to make plans and, and, and shift things around in here. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me uh, through our website. I would love to hear from you. And I can't wait to see you on the 13th. Have an incredible weekend, and I'll see you next time.